This is episode 308 of the Prepper Website Podcast, where I connect you with resources that will help you live a more self-reliant life so you can love your people, get prepared, and live free. Today's articles are Sewing and Mending Kit Essentials for Preppers and Everyone Else, and a 25-point Emergency Preparedness Checklist. Hey, I'm Todd Sepulveda, the editor of PrepperWebsite.com. This podcast is an audible version with some commentary of articles that have been posted on Prepper Website a daily curation of preparedness information. These articles are some of the best of the best that have been recently posted on PrepperWebsite.com. All article links and show information can be found on the PrepperWebsitePodcast.com. Hey guys, before we get started, I want to let you know that this episode is sponsored by my new ebook, The Preparedness Community's Guide to a Microbiz and Increasing Your Finances. Guys, after being in the preparedness community for so long and, and prepping, I know that the key to prepping is having multiple streams of income. It's so beneficial, and this ebook will help you to get there. So, if you're interested in that, there is a link in the show notes, or you can come over to theprepperwebsitepodcast.com. Okay, so starting out this week of new podcast episodes, I have a couple of things to uh, just touch base with you as we start. Um, the first thing is something that I absolutely do not want to do. And this is, it's just, it's one of those things I'm starting to procrastinate on it and I know that I shouldn't. But I don't know if you're very familiar with it. If you are someone who subscribes to different email lists and things like that, you're going to start seeing a change in the way that people interact with you or you should start seeing a change. I think there's a lot of people out there who still don't know about this. It's the GDPR and I, I don't even remember all what it stands for. I just know that it's a big pain in my butt. And so uh, what that means, it's, it's a European Union uh, law that has gone to effect. It's been two years, actually. I, I, I'm just now kind of really hearing about it. I didn't really think it affected us. And just recently, I started to understand that it does. So anybody who does, because you're like wondering, Todd, we're not in the European Union. What's the matter? So here's the thing. Anybody who does any kind of business with anyone in the European Union needs to be able to to secure data and to let people know what they're signing up for. So for instance, you know, when someone signs up for my email list, they get the, you know, the the e-course a more self-reliant life, you know, building a more self-reliant life and those you subscribe to the email list and so you start receiving those lessons in your email. Well, this new law that the European Union passed and well, back in 2015, and now it's going to affect in May, at the end of May, basically it says that you can't, you can't provide like a freebie like that and then put someone on an email list and then you know, send them other kinds of material. So if I put it out there like, hey guys, you know, do you want my e-course, the, you know, building a more self-reliant life, and you sign up for that, and then later on down the road, I send, uh, hey guys, I got a great deal on, uh, for instance, today, I'm going to just briefly talk about a first aid kit, right? A 105 piece uh, first aid kit from Survival Hacks that they, you know, they gave me a great discount for my listeners and readers. And But I couldn't send that out if I didn't ask the people that were signing up for the list for permission to be able to send them an email like that. And so this is going to cause a lot of problems for people out there that do, you know, that have email lists and all those different types of things. So I've got to revamp the way that I do, I do uh, my email list. And so that's, you know, going to start happening from here on out. 
So I had to kind of segment segment my list that I currently have in my in my email uh, list uh, service that I use. And you know, I found that there's a it's a very small percentage of people in the European Union that are actual or that a small percentage of people that are not in the United States that are on the email list, but I still have to do all of this stuff because if not, well, then there's all kinds of things that can happen you know, later on down the road. And so I just don't want to cause problems for myself, but at the same time, it's a big headache that I got to deal with. So I'm saying all of that to let you know this. Those of you that are in the United States, nothing's going to change, right? So I've segmented all of that. Those of you that are in that are outside of the United States, because I can't tell exactly where you're at. I'm going to be sending you an email here in the next couple of weeks to let you know, hey, you know, this is what's going to happen. I need you to, uh, you know, to make these changes or I need you to subscribe to these lists in this way. And if you don't, I'm going to have to delete you. And so by, you know, May 24th, May 25th, I I would be deleting people. The bad thing about it is that I've got to go back there and delete because it's a, it's a, it's a thing about holding people's data, and I got to go back in there and delete everybody who has ever uh, unsubscribed from Prepper website, right? And the email service provider doesn't make it easy for me to do that. So I've got to sit there. I'm going to sit there, and I'm going to just click on everybody and then delete, and then like 100 people at a time, which truly sucks. So I'm going to be wasting a lot of time doing that and then revamping all of this. And so again, to say all of that, I'm going to be changing the way at least temporarily. So after this week, I'm going to take down the e-course. I'm sure there's going to be a lot of people who have smaller email lists or don't even want to have to deal with it are probably just going to, you know, just just delete their whole email list, right? And there's actually some old websites that I have that I'm probably going to like Ed that matters. I have an email list there and I really haven't done with done anything with it in a long time. I'm just going to delete that one. Uh, because I just I don't use it anymore, but just to kind of get rid of it. Uh, because every time I do post an article over at uh, Ed That Matters, it does get sent out automatically to the email list, but I don't even want to have to deal with that headache. So I'm going to be able to, or I'm going to be deleting that one here, uh, you know, in the next couple of weeks. So if you are not on the email list and you want to get the e-course Building a More Self-Reliant Life, go ahead and do that now because after this week, um, the week of you know, May 7th, uh, I am going to bring that down and I'm going to have to rethink what I'm doing with all of that. I'm probably going to put something up uh, like the, the free kit list. Uh, but if you want the e-course, I'm just, I wanted to, to let everyone know I'm going to do it for, I'm going to leave it up for one more week and then I'm going to take it down. And uh, man, that's just so many websites that I got to mess with and so many uh, different places where you could subscribe that I got to change up. And so, uh, you know, please, if you want that, go ahead and do that. And then I'm going to figure out, I, I, it might be where I never offer that up again as an email, um, you know, as, as something that you get through email, right? So anyway, just wanted to kind of throw that out at you and hate to be dealing with stupid laws that, uh, that just come up and it just, it just really is, is a pain, but, uh, something that, that you just have to do. I, again, I suspect there's going to be a lot of people who just don't deal with it and they just start taking down their email list because they just don't, they don't see a value in it. All right. Uh, as I was getting ready for the podcast this evening and just over on Twitter, I saw that there was a tweet from Fox and friends and, uh, you know, they have here, well, the, the tweet says Amazon drops religious freedom group and it's the, the Alliance for defending freedom. 
from their eligible list of charitable or charities on Amazon Smile. Um, so it just really, yeah, that's really disheartening for me that you know Amazon would start to do that. And when I listened to the video clip, it was about three minutes, uh, a little under three minutes. They mentioned that the reason they did that, the reason Amazon did that, is because they are bouncing off of list that the Southern Poverty Law Center, which is a very, very left-leaning group, uh, has said that this group here, this Alliance Defense, is uh, is like a terrorist group, right? It's a very right-leaning terrorist type. You know, and all they're doing is supporting religious liberties and religious liberties on, on uh, school campuses and different things like that. So very disheartened to, to see that. Hopefully they start to change some of their minds. You know, some of these big groups like Facebook and YouTube and Twitter and, and now Amazon, when they start to do these kinds of things, when the community kind of sends them a message, they always kind of backtrack. But if no, if nothing really happens from that, then they just continue plugging along. And so hopefully there is a, an outcry there. I think this is a big group. And so hopefully they'll, they can start a, a big email uh, campaign and uh, you know talking to Amazon, sending Amazon information or messages and stuff like that. Maybe that they don't do business there anymore. That's the thing, though. You know, a lot of these businesses they just get so really they get so big, and you get so used to using them, and then they start doing stuff like this. And it's like, man, I don't want to support something. You know, a company that's going to be doing that, right? Uh, again, that's why I moved to making a forum for the podcast. Or for the uh, for the ebook and and talking about here talking about it here on the podcast and on um, you know on my websites and stuff like that. Um, just keep the people in Hawaii in your prayers. As uh, the volcano has erupted, I'm not sure I'm not sure if you know that or not. I mean, if you haven't been watching the news, uh, the, the, the scenes are very eerie when you see the lava and you see the lava flow. You know, a lot of the times when you see lava, it's like on the side of a vol- volcano and it's like. You know, it's just running off of the side of a volcano. Here you have it like going through a neighborhood, man. And it's like, you know, eating up homes and, and burning, you know, like, you know, just land and stuff. It's just, it just really eerie the way it looks and the way that it's spread out. And, uh, I mean, it's just uh, not not cool. And I know people like, man, there's, there's some pictures here that I am uh, looking at. And where is this on? Dailymail.co.uk. And I think I linked to it off of uh, Drudge Report, but a lot of lava, and uh, it's kind of going slow. This this guy's like taking a picture right in front of the lava. He's on a bike, but uh, man, this is just terrible. And uh, you know, it's eating up phone lines and electricity uh, lines, and uh, it's just this going to be a problem that they're going to be dealing with here for a while. So uh, keep them in your prayers, and uh, there's all kinds of things that can. I, I think the um, the article was talking about toxic fumes coming up as well, and something that you know people were, were needing to have to uh, to be careful with. Hey, I received a, another review on the podcast, and this actually is an updated review uh, from JP Graphics, and just wanted to say thanks. I'm just going to read the the update part. Uh, here and he says I've, I've been a listener from the early days and I continue to listen now Todd does a great job of delivering a daily dose of preparedness information through this podcast and into my daily routine often forcing me to consider things that I haven't thought of previously this frequently translate into improving my own preps or that of a friend or family members 
Knowledge wastes nothing, doesn't require batteries, and is our most useful tool when the going gets tough. There is a ton of information that we should all be soaking up in order to improve our resiliency. Todd is easy to listen to, has excellent commentary, and doesn't bog down the podcast with interruptions or advertisements. The podcast is engaging enough for a listener to really connect with the information, but also concise enough to not feel like a chore to listen to. A little bit here or there is how it's done, eating the elephant of preparedness one bite at a time. With Todd's daily dose of information, that elephant doesn't taste so bad after all. Try it, you'll like it. JP, thanks so much for uh, doing that updated review. Guys, And anytime there is a review, and a five-star review, and, and you're leaving information, people, if they're coming to the podcast, uh, if they're going to iTunes, and, and they're like, hey, sh- is this something that I should you know, spend my time, should I start downloading these episodes? They're going to be looking at the reviews. And when you leave a review like that, it's just it's a real blessing for me, but it also helps someone else out there. So, JP, thanks for updating your, re- uh, your review. I really do appreciate it. It means a whole lot to me. And, uh, you know, I don't, I try not to do, you know, I listen to a lot of podcasts. Uh, now it, it's to the point, even, you know, I was in a meeting Friday with a, a, an administrator that I've gone through some, uh, some training with, and we were just sitting down talking. And um, I came in, are you listening to any podcasts? And we were talking about audiobooks that he was listening to. And uh, we were just bouncing off different podcasts to each other, you know, leadership podcasts and other podcasts that, are, uh, are would be interesting to both of us and uh, you know he was telling me about a book that he was reading and just you know it's I've gotten to the point now that podcast is just I'm consuming a lot of them and I'm subscribing to a lot of them and I'm not I don't necessarily listen to every single episode right I'm looking at the episodes and I'm like okay that one seems very interesting or no that one doesn't seem interesting to me at all or I download it start listening to it I'm like no I can't I just can't do I can't do this one but, you know, one of the things that I'm, I, I get to, because I'm listening to a bunch of different podcasts, I'm like, I'm listening to what they do that I like and what, what they do that I don't like. And I don't like some of those long interruptions like JP was talking about right in the middle. Now, I understand it. Some people do it to be able to, I mean, they're, they're trying to, to gain support for their, their podcast. They're trying to earn a little bit of money. You know, anybody who listens to podcasts you shouldn't have too much of a problem with that because, I mean, they are providing a service. They are sending that out there to it, to to the public. And, you know, it's okay to get a little bit of, uh, of money or, you know, get paid for what you're doing, right? Uh, doing a podcast does take a lot of time. Um, but there are ways of doing it and ways of, of not doing it. And there's some that's like, oh, my gosh, can, you know, if it's a good podcast that I like, but they just do a lot of interruptions or a lot of uh, those type of ads, I'm like, oh my gosh, please, let's let's hurry up and and you know sometimes on your podcast catchers you have those uh, buttons that will let you forward like 10 or 15 seconds and you can just kind of hit those to get past those things. But uh, I'm just trying to learn and you know I try to do what I feel I would want to hear in a podcast and that's why I don't have any bumper music at the beginning. Uh, I, I just try to get right into the podcast because I don't want to take all that time. And, and you know, I say all that and I'm taking all that time, all that time here on this podcast, uh, uh, you know, this uh, on this episode. Uh, one more thing before we get into the articles. All right, guys, uh, I wanted to and this is coming up because I'm going to be talking very briefly about it in the second article that I'm reading. But survivalhacks.com uh, has given me uh a coupon code and actually it's kind of just runs automatic now but they've given me a special price 
uh, for the listeners of the podcast and also readers of the website for their 105 piece first aid kit. And uh, normally it sells, I think it's like 24 99 or 1999 and so they're offering it to prepper website listeners and readers for 11.99 and so i think that's a great deal i'm going to and then the other thing is that it's free shipping and so you're not paying for shipping or anything like that and uh, you can get it right off of their website i'm going to be uh linking to that in the show notes but i think it's uh it's it comes in and i've done actually the article uh, did a little review on this on Ed That Matters if you want to pop over there and check that out. And uh, just took a lot of pictures of everything that's in it. And there's it's quite a bit for 100, 105 pieces for $11.99, I think is a great deal. And it comes in a nice little kit and, uh, you know, small enough. I have one, you know, in the office, but you want to put one in your vehicle, one, you know, in your in your bag. And I just think it's, it's a great starter kit uh, to have. You know, and great for gifts and different things like that. So uh, if you're interested in that, there's going to be a direct link in the show notes. All right, so let's go ahead and jump into our first article. It comes to us from livinglifeinruralioa.com. And I want you to think about this, right? You're like, Todd, why are you even bringing this up? Think about if you could not go to the store and buy more clothes. If you could not... Uh, if you did not have someone in your life who could manufacture clothes for you, and that's very, very few people out there who could just take some raw materials and make a shirt or make a pair of pants uh, for you, right? Um, if you did not have that ability to just go out and grab new clothes, what would you do? You know, do you have the skills to be able to fix a rip? Do you have the whole the 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 ability to fix a hole in a pair of pants? Or even in that, like maybe some socks, right? You have some socks that are, you know, that are pretty decent, but they have just a little hole in, in, the, in the toe. Right now, what most people do is like, all right, I'm just going to, I'm going to throw those away or I'm going to use those for cleaning rags or I'm going to whatever. But what if there was a situation where you didn't have that? So I've actually thought about this before in the past. And Erica has done a great job here. Um, she has uh, her mom is a is someone who is very experienced in sewing and mending, and she she sat down with her and asked her, "Hey, what kinds of things would you would you really want to have? What kinds of things do you really need to have to have a a good sewing kit or a good mending kit?" And so she took down with her mom the suggestions and she put it in a post, which I think is great because I think it's something that we should all be paying attention to. It's not something that when we think about being prepared. We're not really thinking about, you know what, maybe one day I might not be able to go to the store and buy some extra you know clothes or underwear or socks or pants. And I'm going to be able to, I need to be able to fix and, and wear what I have for a long, long time. So I think this makes a lot of sense for someone who is preparedness minded or wanting to be a little bit more self-reliant to have a skill that, uh, that you need to know. And so maybe after you get the supplies that you need, some of the supplies that Erica is talking about here, then maybe you, you know, if you don't have anyone who can show you, you can go to Amazon. I'm, I'm sorry, Amazon. I got Amazon on the brain. You can go over to YouTube and bring up some, um, some YouTube tutorials on putting on a button, on fixing a rip, on, you know, making some changes to your clothes, you know, those different things that you're fixing a zipper, whatever it might be, so that, you know, you can uh, have those skills. 
And so, I don't know. I, I think, again, this is one of those big uh, big things a lot of people don't think about, but we should be thinking about. And in the past, everyone just kind of knew how to do this, but we are just so, uh, you know, the skills that we have are so different than our ancestors had. So let's go ahead and read this one now. Sewing and mending kit, essentials for preppers and everyone else. One of those basic skills everyone should know how to do is to sew and mend their own clothes. It is still a skill I am learning, but one that I feel strongly about improving where I can. We have saved a lot of shirts by sewing the seams back up so my kids could wear them again. I have sewn more buttons on than I care to think about. However, those small little kits sold in the stores are good in a pinch. They will not cut for most sewing and mending. You need better kits than that. Since I still have the basic sewing kit that my mother put together when I got married, I thought I would ask her what should be in a sewing and mending kit. She has been sewing her own clothes, sewing items for other people, altering clothes, and mending clothes most of her life. She has altered prom dresses, made doll and Barbie clothes, and still does some of my hemming. She has got experience. I asked her what she would have in a sewing kit and a mending kit, and what she couldn't live without. To her, these kits would probably be one and the same. You will notice some crossover between the two kits. I asked her what she would have if she had to be off-grid also. As you can see, she would use a lot of hand sewing and mending. There is nothing on this list that couldn't be done by hand. So here's a basic sewing kit with her recommendations. And they include needles of assorted lengths and needle eyes thread of assorted colors, or you can just have the basic color hues, straight pins. I like big-headed, long, or quilter's pins, but sometimes the smaller, shorter ones are necessary. A pin box or pin cushion or a magnetic tray. These are easy to make. You just glue magnets to the bottom of a pretty saucer. Safety pins, assorted sizes. Tape measure. I prefer cloth, but plastic works. Do not use metal. Small ruler, six inches long. Scissors. Pinking shears, material cutting long blade, material cutting standard snips, rotary blade cutter and mats of various sizes, a seam ripper with a sturdy handle, thimbles to fit at least two fingers, beeswax to coat difficult thread, and material for marking or material marking pencils or pins that wash out. So here's the and that was the basic sewing kit. This is the basic mending kit. Again, her recommendations. And a lot of these are some of the same, but there are some that are different here. Needles, assorted lengths and needle eyes. Upholstery needles, can get them by the packs that have long and curved needles. Thread, assorted colors, or you can just have the basic color hues. Heavy duty thread, black and or brown. Straight pins, I like big headed, long or quilter pins, but sometimes the smaller, shorter ones are necessary. A pin box or pin cushion or mag magnetic tray. Safety pins, assorted sizes, a small ruler, six inches long, scissors for material cutting, standard and snips, a seam ripper with a sturdy handle, thimbles to fit at least two fingers, beeswax to coat thread, material marking pencils or pens that wash out, patches, assorted sizes and material, can also use iron-on patches or tape, buttons, assorted sizes and colors, snaps, assorted sizes, Hook and eyes, assorted sizes, zippers, jean size, jacket size, skirt size, and repair parts for zippers. While sewing by hand is a great skill, most people would still like to have a sewing machine. 
Learning to use a sewing machine is a great skill to learn. I asked her about sewing machines in an off-grid or no-power situation. If you are interested in an off-grid sewing machine, you need to find a treadle-powered sewing machine or using foot-powered pedal. Lehman's carries one that is a treadle-powered modern sewing machine. Not And it's, there's a link here that you can go check it out at Lehman's. And it, uh, she has a, in parentheses here, it's not an affiliate link. Uh, most modern electric sewing machines cannot be converted to treadle power. Older sewing machines may be able to be converted to treadle power, but you will need to check on that. If you have these sewing and mending kits already, I would check them over for anything you might have missed or have used up. If you do not have anything for these kits, I would start at the top of these lists, find a good container to hold the items, and start buying. Thanks for reading. All right, so um, again, it's a short article. It has a you know a long list here of things that, you know items that you might want to to have and consider. But again, I'm going to ask you that question: If you were in a situation where you cannot go get clothes from the store, whatever store you go and you shop at, what would you do with you know when you have a rip, or what would you do to make your clothes last longer? And so having some of these supplies are going to, and having the skills to be able to use these supplies is going to be very, very important. And so, uh, you know, I think it's something that you should look at and should consider. Again, guys, that's over livinglifeinruleiowa.com. And like always, I'm going to link to it in the show notes. And so you can get to it from there. Our next article is a good one, and uh, I hope you really pay attention to this one. It's entitled, A 25-Point Emergency Preparedness Checklist. A lot of the times I hear from new preppers, and they're like, where do I start? And people, uh, you know, people are like, hey, you know, you need a bug out bag, you need this, you need that. And I always want to go back to, no, you need to have a plan. You need to have a plan in place, and, you know, this makes it very easy because this kind of puts a checklist where you can kind of go off and check off like, okay, I need to do this, I need to do this, I need to do this. And sometimes that's what people need or that's what people want. I'm like, okay, preparedness can be so overwhelming. Where do I go from here? And so I think this is a great article, great list uh, to kind of start with if you are new to preparedness. Uh, Like always, I'm going to link to it in the show notes and you can go to it. But uh, I'm going to just talk a little bit about this one and uh, I will uh, bounce off of it as well. Um, it's coming to us from preparednessmama.com. And uh, again, the title is a 25-point emergency preparedness checklist. So she talks a little bit about it here, like in a paragraph form. And then she lists it down, list, has a list where you can kind of go and breaks it down. So if you wanted to print that off, you could. So uh, let's go ahead and get started. Are you prepared for a worst-case scenario? Disaster can strike without a moment's notice, making it crucial to have a contingency plan in place so that you and your loved ones can evacuate safely and survive until help arrives. This 25-point emergency preparedness checklist is the ultimate guide to fast action in an unexpected circumstance. The first few boxes to tick off your checklist are all about gathering information. Start by calling your local emergency management office or American Red Cross chapter to find out what types of disaster could occur in your area. Some locations might be more prone to flooding while others are susceptible to hurricanes, for instance. Ask them how you can best prepare for each type of possible disaster, as well as how you would be warned in the event of an emergency. Learn and write down any community evacuation routes, then ask if these are 
if there are special assistance plans in place for the elderly or disabled. During this information gathering stage, you should also ask your place of employment what emergency plans they have in place as well as any plans that schools or daycares might make if you have children. Don't be afraid to ask as many questions as you need to fully understand what should occur in the event of a worst case scenario. So creating your plan. And guys, I'm going to talk a little bit about uh, that here in just a minute, the um, the things that she talked about here in getting started. Um, so I just want to let you know, I'll bounce off of that in just a minute. Creating your plan. First, you will need to meet with the members of your household to discuss the dangers of house fires, earthquakes, or any emergency scenarios that may arise. Explain how members of your family should respond to each individual emergency. Designate safe spots in your home for each type of disaster, what to do in the event of an injury, and how to deal with power outages. For instance, where will you keep flashlights or candles? It helps to draw a floor plan of your home, making sure to mark at least two escape routes from each room. Show each member of your family how to turn off gas lines, electricity, water, and anything else that may be necessary to particular disasters. From there, create lists of emergency telephone numbers and place them next to each phone in your home. If you have children, teach them how to dial and speak with emergency responders from the police to the fire department. It is also a good idea to instruct your family to turn on the radio, tuning into the proper station in order for them to hear the latest information regarding the emergency. You should also designate an out-of-state or local friend of the family to call in the event that someone becomes separated. Keep in mind that out-of-state numbers are often easier to reach during a disaster. Make sure to designate two emergency meeting places in the event that your family becomes separated as well. The first place should be near your home in the event of a fire, and the second should be outside of your neighborhood. Finally, you should register yourself for basic CPR classes and keep vital family records in a waterproof, fireproof safe. Learning CPR can help you save someone's life while safely storing any records avoids a major headache after the disaster is over. Making a kit. Now that you and your family have a clearly defined plan, it is important to assemble the supplies you might need in the event of an evacuation. Keep these supply stores in an easy-to-carry container like a backpack. The first and perhaps most essential item on your list should be a steady supply of water. Estimate at least one gallon of water per person for each day. Make sure to keep it in the sealed, unbreakable containers and replace your supply every six months. Second, you'll need to gather a supply of non-perishable food. Packaged and canned goods are excellent choices, which allow for plenty of fruits and vegetables for the emergency you'll need in an emergency. Also, don't forget the can opener. Each person, I'm going to say don't forget multiple can openers. You, you know, can openers can fail very easily. Just buy some really good ones. <laughs> All right. Uh, each person's backpack or bag should contain at least one change of clothing along with rain gear. Skip the umbrellas and pack some ponchos to help you save space. Also, pack an extra pair of shoes. There's nothing worse than walking around with wet feet, and that situation can lead to various forms of illness. Every kit should include a sleeping bag or a few blankets to help you stay warm at night and a, few, and a first aid kit to keep you prepared for any injuries on the road. Include any prescription medications in your first aid kit as well as additional antiseptic ointment. 
And that's where that first aid kit that I was talking to you about, that uh, survival hacks one, uh, you know, would come into play there. All right, so there's a little paperwork to bring along with you as well. You should keep a list of family physicians and any other important medical information. This will allow first responders to better assist you once help has arrived or you reach a designated shelter. If you wear glasses, pack an extra pair in case yours breaks. Accordingly, don't forget your cash or credit cards, an extra set of car keys, and any other items your family may require during this time. Finally, make sure to include a battery-powered radio to keep you informed on what is going on and also a flashlight in the event that the disaster strikes at night and plenty of extra batteries to keep the two running. All right, so here's the checklist, and so she has it in number form, and I wanted to bounce off of this and uh, just give you a couple of my ideas, um, things that I would do a little bit differently than, than what was said in the article here. So um, here's the 25-point emergency preparedness checklist. Um, so one is, of course, call your local emergency office and get that information. I don't know. And so here are the different things. First, let me say this. Which disasters could occur in your area? How can you prepare for each? How will they warn you of an emergency? Does your community have an evacuation route? And does your community provide special assistance to those who need it? So I would not rely on what someone, because most, more than likely, if you call an emergency office, you're going to get a secretary. They might pass you off to somebody else, but they are not going to. They're going to be coming from the government standpoint of dealing with emergencies. And so their standpoint is going to be, yeah, we, we, will, give, we will tell you what you need to know when you need to know it. And I don't want, I don't want that uh, to be the case, right? I don't want to completely rely on that. Uh, also, their ideas of emergency situations might be completely different than what you start to deem an emergency situation might be. So I'm going to tell you to do your own research in your area. There are, uh, there are a lot of places online. Uh, and so when I did my article, Survival for the Common Man, I gave resources on where you could go and you can bring up your city and it will give you different, uh, you know, situations and disasters and things that are pertinent to your area and including crime and other things like that. So I'm actually I'm going to go ahead and put that in the show notes so you can go and check that out. But that's what I would recommend. I would not just you know leave it up to the emergency office. You can call them. They might have some great insight. You might get someone who really cares and who really knows and who, who knows. They might be a prepper. And so they might be able to give you some great information but you might also just get someone who says, ah, well, you know, here, uh, you know, you need to have this, this, and this, you know. And so it, it won't be very thorough, at least not as thorough as we believe that we should be in the preparedness community. So um, definitely, uh, you know, you can call them and get some information and let it be a little starting point. But I wouldn't just go off of that. Um, you want to know about evacuation routes out of your city, um, definitely. But I, we've always said that you know by the time they call for evacuations, you are going, you know, the freeways are going to be back to back. You're going to be bumper to bumper, and you know, like I've said before, people died on the side of the road during hurricane. Uh, you know, evacuating for dirt, hurricane uh, Rita that didn't even hit Houston and uh, Hurricane Ike, and so just you know, um, but by the time they call an evacuation, it's usually too late. You want to be ahead of that if you're going to evacuate. And then does your community provide special assistance to those who need it? 
if you have someone in your family that has special needs, do not rely on the government to help you there. You need to come up with a plan to be able to help your loved one, your family member, to be able to get them out of harm's way. You Again, you can call and see what they have and what they offer and all of that kind of stuff. They might surprise you, but do not be dependent on what they're going to tell you. Do not be dependent on their help during a crisis, during an emergency. Because they might have some ideas and procedures in place that they have down on paper. But when the poop is hitting the fan, that doesn't mean that they're going to actually do everything that they thought that they were going to be able to do. Putting it down on paper and actually putting it into into action, two different, very, very different things. And so uh, don't depend on whatever they uh, have to offer for, for that. You know, you need to come up with some plans for yourself. Um, definitely talk about the workplace. Um, like for instance, our, uh, you know, our, uh, office building, you know, we, we do fire drills. You know, I think that's part of, you know, what we need to do being a school district and things like that. Um, but you know, be, be ready to go. Uh, you know, ask, ask your boss, ask your, you know, the human resources. If you work for a big company and like, Hey, what do you, you know, what happens in an emergency situation? Um, and so you get that kind of information. Definitely, you should be uh, ha- you should have that information about the school and the daycare, and go meet with someone who is in charge, a principal or a director, and say, "Hey, what happens if you know there's an emergency? What are the procedures for the school?" So you know exactly what to do there. I think it's a great idea for your family members to know what to do and how to respond. Um, if you have kids, take them through the house and say, "Here's the water shut off." Uh, here is the gas shut off. Here is where uh, you got the electric box. This is where you can turn off the electricity, right? And uh, at the circuit breaker box. And so just walk them around that and you know, let them know the tools that they would need uh, to be able to turn off the gas or to turn off the water uh, in, in a situation like that. All right. And then also letting them know, hey, if, if we were in a situation where we needed to meet up, this is where we're going to meet up if we're here in the house, right? If we wake up and there's smoke and everyone is getting out, maybe we're, we're getting out of windows or whatever it might be, meet here in the front, uh, you know, or meet in the back or meet, you know, in the corner or whatever. And then the same thing applies, you know, she mentioned if you can't meet in your neighborhood, let there be, be another meeting location uh, somewhere where y'all can all, y'all know where to go and where you, you need to gather, right? See, continuing on here, definitely need a radio. Uh, there are some really great radios. They're very small and compact that you can charge them up and they're ready to go. They, they're hand cranked. They're solar charged. There's all those good things. And so, you know, go to Amazon, find one. You see, there you go. I'm promoting Amazon here. <laughs> go to Amazon and find uh, a really good one that with uh, a lot of uh, good reviews and just purchase one of those. I have a really, I can't even remember, a Kato, I believe, um, and I, but I can't remember the model number, but it's uh, it's digital, so you can dial into it, you fine-tune it, and uh, it works really, really well. And so I think there's a, a couple of different bands that you want to, if you can get shortwave radio, and uh, you can also get uh, you know AM, FM, and those types of things, I think that's uh, weather. Um, you know, I think this one has all of those in there, and so I think it's, it's, it's definitely worth it. Um, having emergency contacts, knowing your emergency contacts, I think that's important. Uh, being able to contact someone out of state as well. If you have a family member that's out of state and being able to like, hey, will you be our con- point of contact if for whatever reason we can't 
connect to each other here. We'll leave information with you. And then that way, when other people contact you, you'll have that information. All right, uh, taking courses like CPR and first aid courses, I think that's a great idea. Like my school district offers free CPR courses. I mean, you can just take them uh, for free if you're willing to to do that and, and give up a little bit of your evening, you know, two or three of your evenings or maybe a Saturday to to learn uh, CPR. Uh, first aid kits, first aid, you can go take first aid classes for very, very inexpensive uh, you know, very inexpensively, and uh, you know they're good with uh, with the Red Cross. So definitely would recommend doing that. Keeping information records and stuff. You know, recently I released a uh, uh, a video on YouTube on emergency binders. Got a lot of great feedback on that one. And then recently for Facebook, I did a video um, that I'm going to be releasing on YouTube as well that uh, will help you with you know information that you can grab from the internet and so I'll uh, be looking for that this week um, that you know I'll, I'll be releasing that for you but um, definitely you want to have a place where you know you have all your important information and uh, you know you want to have it like the article said in a waterproof fireproof uh, safe so you might want to have multiple copies one maybe in a bug out bag maybe one an e-copy that you carry around Maybe possibly like on a flash drive that you carry on your key ring. Um, maybe also you want to, you do definitely want to put one uh, with a family member that you trust. You can even box it up and say, hey, will you keep this for me? These are just some important things that in, in case I have a fire or whatever, I would want to, you know, be able to get to later on. And so you, uh, you know, you would, you would leave it with them as well. So if you're putting together an emergency binder, uh, you're making one. Sometimes it's easier just to make two or three at the same time because you're just it's just uh, the issue of making copies. So definitely worth it. Having water, having food, all that stuff. Ponchos. I think ponchos is a really great idea for if you're having a, a kit like a, in your bug out bag or then also in in a car kit. Definitely, I love the idea of shoes. So if you ever have any tennis shoes or whatever, and you're like, okay, these are kind of done. I'm not really using these anymore. I'm gonna throw them away. But if they're still, you know, decent, you know, they don't have any holes in them, go ahead and keep them. Put them, wrap them up, and throw them in your in the in your trunk of your car or underneath, uh, you, you know, a car seat or whatever. And just in case you ever need them, you have them. Throw an old pair of socks in there that would be dry. That would be great, smart to have that in a situation. Talked about blankets and and all that kind of stuff, first aid kits. Um, again, I think that if you have like uh, you have an SUV or you have a little minivan or you even have a, a, a car with a trunk, you can put together a little kit in a small tote and just leave it back there, and uh, you know so that you would have that that kind of uh, emergency kit type stuff if you ever really needed it for whatever reason. Uh, know where your flashlights are. You know you might want to. Um, I have flashlights on my mantle. And so everyone knows that if the power goes out, you, you just make it to the mantle. You're going to get flashlights. And then from there, you're, you're able to go. And so, uh, you know, they're just they're kind of hidden. They're not just all, you know, uh, lined up on the mantle or whatever. Uh, the, the wife wouldn't like that. But uh, they're there. And so it's very easy to get to. And I think flashlights are a big deal. Having, uh, you know, your doctor's information, medical information, extra cash, all that good stuff. Okay, glasses. If you are someone who wears glasses and you really need them to see, then you want to save old uh, 
old prescriptions. Um, but you also might think of going to something like uh, Zenni.com. I think it's Z-I-N-N-I. I know that we've used them, and we're, we've been very, very happy with the results that uh, that we received um, for you know those that are in the family that wear glasses because it just um, you can get them at you can get extra pairs for really cheap and uh, you want to have some extra pairs and so definitely in some hard cases um, you know some extra pair of glasses and hard cases would be really important survival item to have if, if you need glasses to see and then uh, of course extra car keys and stuff like that home keys um, definitely I mean that's always good to have those all right so um, going the extra mile by following the 25 steps above you and your family will be as prepared as possible during an emergency. Guys, I'm going to tell you that if you do those things just above those 25 things, you are going to be better prepared than most people than, that, that are out there. I mean, you are going to be more than like 99% of people out there if you have this stuff in place. Additionally, if you want to take things one step further, then you might want to include an emergency car kit as well as keep a few additional pieces of information in mind. Other considerations. Not every shelter allows pets, making it important to decide on arrangements for any animals in your home. Accordingly, some animal shelters assist in housing pets during a time of crisis, so call around to find out what your options are. You may want to know where emergency shelters for you and your family are in advance. This will also allow you to mark the appropriate travel routes on a map. Also, don't rely on GPS as a natural disaster or severe storm can make tracking your location near impossible. Lastly, don't forget to lock your house before you leave. So the car kit. There are a few items you may want to keep in your car to better prepare for a disaster. Additionally, extra blankets, batteries, booster cables, and fire extinguishers are a great start. You might want to keep an extra first aid kit inside of your glove box and possibly a few maps or flares. It also doesn't hurt to keep a shovel in your trunk in case your car becomes stuck in mud or debris. Okay, let me just say this about batteries. I'm not an expert, so I don't know if you want to quote me on this or not, but I believe that if you're in a situation where you have very high heat, if you're keeping batteries in your car and you have high heat or uh, very low temperatures, that that can affect the, the life of a battery. And so you just want to consider that. And then uh, lastly, safety first. Finally, disasters can strike at any moment, but you and your family can stay on top of worst-case scenarios with an emergency preparedness checklist. Furthermore, the steps and advice in this article are here to help you be prepared for any situation to the fullest of your abilities. Make sure to carefully reread each step and don't wait too long to get your contingency plans in place. There's nothing worse than being unprepared for an emergency situation. All right, guys, well, that's over at preparednessmama.com. And uh, definitely, you might want to go over there and print that article off and then just check off the items as you do it. Uh, I, like I said, I believe if you if you do some of these things here, you do all these things, you're going to be better prepared than most people out there. Well, all right, guys, that is it for episode 308, starting out another week of preparedness episodes. Hey, to subscribe to the show, head on over to theprepperwebsitepodcast.com. That way you never miss another show or another episode of Sweet Prepper Goodness. And take a moment to connect with me and also to share out our episodes. We really appreciate it when you do it and you get the message of preparedness out there. I have a ton of ways to connect in the show notes and also on the prepperwebsitepodcast.com. And with that, choose to live a more self-reliant life. Choose not to be so dependent on the government grid or the grind. Until tomorrow, stay prepped and aware.
Peace.